And let's go now to Exodus chapter 20. Chris and I have been uh, marching through the uh, Ten Commandments, and we're on the Fifth Commandment this morning. And I look forward to this uh, passage. Um, As I was working on that this week, I have to be honest with you, I was not real excited. Um, And yet, by the end of it, I kind of, this is kind of the analogy that I want to use for you. I don't know if you remember those, uh, uh, pop rocks, that candy that just looks unassuming. You know, you put it in your hand and you're like, yeah, what's this? Like any other candy. You put it in your mouth and it kind of explodes and you're like, whoa, this is awesome. And you want more of them. And, uh, that's really how this commandment struck me this week. Um, and so I hope and pray that that's exactly how it will strike you as well. Uh, the fifth commandment, we know it well. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Well, there's the unassuming pop rock. So let's go to the Lord and ask that he'll let these words and this commandment explode in our lives this morning. Our great God, we rejoice that, that you are a God that does just that. Uh, you bring to life your word. When you speak, we are changed. And, oh God, this morning I know that there are many in this room, uh, just as myself. Uh, we have scabs from wounds of parent-child relationship, and the last thing we want is for you to scrape that, um, that wound. The last thing we want is for it to be reopened. And yet, O oh God, I pray this morning that you would work so redemptively in our midst that we would see your glorious purpose even through redeeming tough relationship between father, mother, and child. And that your command to honor our father and mother is a command unto life. It's a command unto you. It's a command to knowing you and living life in you. So, Father, would you open our hearts and our minds? We need this message this morning. Father, I admit that I don't have every I dotted and T crossed. Um, Father, I wish I had more time. And yet, I feel as if I understand what you're saying. So help me to communicate it. Uh, You've told us as preachers not to worry what we are to say. But your Holy Spirit will teach... And all we must do is be used of you and lean deep into you. So that's what I do right now. Come, Lord Jesus, do your work, minister among us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. About a month ago, I was flipping through the channels and I saw the movie Lone Survivor. And I watched it again. I don't know how many times I've watched that movie. I, I kind of regret not going into the military um, earlier in my life, but I didn't, and that's my story. But I love to watch movies like that. I love to watch war movies. And um, if you've never seen Lone Survivor, I'm not telling you to go watch it. I don't know how redemptive it is. I hope I'm about to redeem some part of it here. But uh, it's the story of a Navy SEAL by the name of Marcus Luttrell, and uh, he is the lone survivor. He and three fellow SEALs were dropped behind enemy lines. They took on heavy fire, and for hours upon hours, they were shot at. They were jumping off the cliffs, and three of them obviously died of the four, and um, uh, Marcus was all shot up. 
compound fracture of the leg. I mean, just horrible. And as I'm watching this movie, I, I'm thinking, and I'm kind of riveted by this whole reality of, of something higher is driving these men. Um, I, I mean, they are encountering incredible pain, incredible pressure, but they keep going. And, and it dawned on me that what is driving these men is something outside of themselves. They are fighting for something higher. And I think it has to do with this word honor. Um, and they didn't get there by mistake. Uh, if you know anything about training in, to become a Navy SEAL, you know that uh, basically for days upon end, they don't sleep. Uh, they don't eat much. They are broken down so that they might be built up. Their individuality, if you will, is broken down. Their, their, their spirit that wants to listen to themselves first, that wants to question authority, that wants to question orders, is, is eliminated so that they will live for something else, live for others, and honor the voice of command coming down to them. Because it's necessary to do so in battle. And as I was thinking about this commandment this morning, that's really what came to mind because God too has a very distinct training camp for us as his children. Uh, he has put into place uh, this whole structure, if you will, of father, mother, child. And it's within this training camp, if you will, that we are to learn what it is to live for something bigger than ourselves. It's in this training camp that we are to learn that we are not the center of the universe and that we better listen to authority over us. That is where we're shaped. That was God's design in Genesis 1 and 2, but it continued to be God's design in Genesis 3 and forward. You see, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, as we know, on top of the mountain. And it was during a time that Israel was encamped on the plains of Moab, preparing to respond to the call of God to cross the Jordan River and possess the promised land and set up a very distinct society. They were going into Canaan to set up a society that would re reflect God in all of his glory. And so... God speaks to them through the Ten Commandments because their lives are in disarray and disorder. So the Ten Commandments were not given, the law wasn't given before the fall, but after the fall to bring order. Now what does that have to do with us today? A whole lot. Because as many of you hear this command, honor your father and mother, you're immediately, there's something in your heart pushing back saying, yeah, you don't know my father and my mother. You don't know what happened to me. My, I don't even know my father. I don't even know my mother. You know, they died or, you know, they were... That, isn't that your immediate reaction? It's mine? You're telling me that I've got to respect... And yet God says, that's precisely what I'm telling you. I, I mean, think about the parents up to this point. Think about Noah, who got so drunk that he slept with his own daughters. Honor your father, and your mother. We could go on. We could talk about Abraham who uh, tried to, to pawn his wife off twice, or actually did, is, is not even his own wife. Honor your father and your mother. God understands the context in which he speaks. 
And so this morning, what we need to understand is that God is speaking this to us, to us as children and as adults, that the command is still relevant to you and me, and yet we have to do some work in order to obey it. I want you to know this command in, in this study this week has had a profound impact on me. And I think you'll see it. And I think that's why I don't necessarily feel ready to preach it, whatever that means. Because some of it is so new, and, and yet it's so exciting. I can't wait to share it with you. So let's get deep into it. I only have two points, but we're going to get deep, I promise you. The first point is this. God's design is to use earthly fathers and mothers to shape us toward Him as a father. And so God's structure built into the universe is for a child to come into the world under the auspices of a father and a mother, and they are to teach their children or their child honor, but not them as the ultimate authority and not them as the ultimate office, but God. And God uses that structure in order to lead us to himself in a life of honor, in a life of submission, if you will. I was talking this week, actually, uh, Patrick Bingham and I are um, hanging out at uh, Advance Memphis, and uh, we were talking to three other men, and we were all kind of sharing just, um, you know, the relationships in our lives and the impact that those relationships have had on us. And I guess there are five of us in that room, and um, three of us were talking about the wounds of our, our fathers and... Um, you know, how deep those run, and uh, you've heard a lot of my story, and I'll go into it a little bit more in a minute. But one of the men kind of stopped us in the middle of us talking about father wounds, and he said this, and he wasn't mad, he was just making a very profound point. He said, do you realize that that you guys, in fact he said this, he said, now okay, now you three, y'all know who your dad is, right? And, And you remember, you have stories. We were like, yeah. He said, I don't even know my dad. I I don't even have a relationship with my dad. I don't have anything to point to and, and say there's a wound. Except the fact that I didn't have a dad. And maybe it was because I'm in the midst of studying this passage. I don't know, but the light just went off in my head. Being a father, being a mother is not just about who you are, but it's about a position. It's about this this place, this authority. This this young man who didn't even know, doesn't even know his father, was impacted by his father because of the order and the structure that God has built into the universe. And that's huge. And so, what God is telling us is that parents are the authority that he's put in place over us. And if we are going to get to know him, then we must come to a place of honoring our father and our mother. In other words, the act of honoring our parents is a training ground for honoring him. If we don't learn how to honor our parents, then we won't fully learn how to honor God. And some of you are saying, well, I'm, I'm old. I mean, how can I go back and do this? Well, let's talk about that. As I think about 
my relationship with my father, my relationship with my mother is fairly healthy and, and good. My relationship with my father, however, is not so much because when I was in the fourth grade, he put me in his lap and told me he was leaving our family. And if, if, you know, just about five years ago, I was in a counseling session and um, the counselor asked me a question that rocked my world. He said, Richard, what would you tell that, four-year, that fourth grade boy? I was like, what are you talking about? He said, I want you to start speaking to that fourth grade boy right now. His daddy put him in his... I mean, I won't tell you what happened after that. It, it, was, pretty, uh, it was pretty intense, to be honest with you. Uh, because that's how God created that relationship to be. And I began to see that I did have a lot of bitterness. I did have a lot of anger. And so as I come to this passage of honor your father and your mother, I want to say, how can I do that? And what we have to do is we have to not make it as personal as it is, but we have to see it in the light of father and mother as an office and as a role to be used by God to lead us to the Heavenly Father. Now, I don't think my earthly father ever taught me a Bible story. Um, I know a limited amount of times that we went to church. And yet, here is what I can honor my father and mother for, and ultimately God for. It goes like this. One of the most defining moments in my life was that day that he put me in his lap and said he was leaving. And yet, for 31 years of marriage, do you know one of the most, probably one of the most powerful motivations in me to be a better husband and to be a better father? That event. Do you know that the power of that event in my life, in moments when I wanted to bolt, in moments that I wanted to just live for myself and forget my children, do you know that that story is one of the biggest... I wish I could tell you it was the gospel. I wish I could tell you it was the cross. But it's that story that God brought to mind time and time again and said, you remember? You remember? It was. It's almost this landmark in my life says, trust God for something better. I can go on. And I want you to understand that as I recount this, and I've thought a lot about this this week, a lot of the bitterness kind of subsides because I'm not really, it's not letting my dad off the hook. It's not rejoicing over the fact that he left. But it's honoring God and the position that my father was in and how God has redeemed it to make me the man I am today. I think about... uh, other impacts um, in my life. Definitely being a better father, being a better husband. But also... When I heard the gospel for the first time in the ninth grade, and throughout my life since then, one of the greatest central truths that has captivated me and drawn me into God more than anything else is the fatherhood of God. Why do you think that is? Because my father left me. (laughs) And so, in a real sense, God has redeemed that 
to make his word and the reality that God has adopted me as his son, that he not only didn't leave me, but he saw me and adopted me personally, that he paid for me through the finished work of his own son, Jesus Christ, that he literally sent his son, he saw me to be someone that, that you know, is not worth leaving, but is worth coming for. And this whole reality of Galatians 4, 4 through 7, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that the whole purpose that Jesus came was so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent His Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. Do you understand now that I can look back and I'm not rejoicing? Again, I'm not rejoicing over the abandonment of of my father of our family, but I'm rejoicing over my heavenly father who used that to redeem it, to make me even passionate, as passionate as I am right now preaching it to you, about his fatherhood and love of me. See, there was a category there. So how can I honor my father? I can honor him by forgiving him and saying, God was using you when you, weren't, when you were running very far from God. Some of you may not even know your father. And yet, and I heard this young man this week say, yeah, he's just my biological father. And I, I get that. But do you know just the very act of bringing, of, of, of being used of God to bring a human being into the world is absolutely unbelievable? I, I mean, it images God, the creator of speaking. And so the fact that we were even brought into the world, if you don't know your father or your mother this morning, do you understand you need to get over your bitterness and say, well, at least I'm in this world, at least I'm alive, and I can know God. Let go of the bitterness. Because God's purpose of bringing you into this world was not ultimately that you might have a mother and father, that you might, but that you might know Him. And there's the crux of the matter. Do you know Him as your heavenly Father? And you say, I had, a, I had godly parents. Then did those godly parents lead you to Christ and do you believe in Him today? Then rejoice in your heavenly Father because that was His design for you and for them. Do you not know God this morning because of your bitterness towards your parents and how you grew up in this religious home or how you grew up in this irreligious home? That doesn't leave you off the hook because what God is doing is saying, come to me. Because the very purpose of your existence is found in honoring Him. And giving your life to Him and finding your identity in Him. The Father invites you to Himself. You see, your wounds are evidence that you understand what you need, namely a parent. What you've lacked as a child is evidence that you know what you need. You've been made for relationship with God. Do you know Him? 
Let God draw you to Himself that you might know His fatherhood. You can rest in His arms. He will never leave nor forsake you. He's what you're looking for. Go to Him. And then secondly and finally, honoring our parents demands getting rid of your spirit of rebellion so that life can go well. Honoring your parents demands getting rid of your spirit of rebellion so that life can go well. Rachel and I were at the Memphis uh, Open this week. It's a tennis tournament here in Memphis. Uh, some of the top players in the world are in Memphis playing this tennis tournament over at the Racket Club. And somebody gave us tickets this week, and we went. And if you've never been to a tennis match, you need to kind of get a feel of the setting. It's dead quiet. It's kind of like this. And you're not supposed to say a word. And so you're in this big stadium, you're in this, you know, this public event, big stadium, people playing tennis, and you can't say a word. And there's just something in me that rebels against that. I mean, the whole time, I finally, I looked over at Rachel, it, it was like I was uncomfortable. The whole time, I finally looked over at her and say, I have an abs- I feel like it's an, uncre- an uncontrollable urge to make a scene right now. And it just confirmed everything that she says about me. I mean, I will fight with her sometimes just to fight, you know. And, and I can't tell you how many times she said, you needed more spankings when you were a little boy. You needed a brother to fight with. You didn't get it out of your system back then. And so you've got to, you just, you bring up stuff sometimes just to fight with me. And it's true. I've got a rebellious spirit. And we all do. Little Braden, who was over here worshiping, four-year-old Braden, um, Whitney and Jed's son, my grandson, I've watched him literally walk over to his little brother and slug him. And you're like, <laughs> you say, Braden, what are you doing? I don't know. And he doesn't know. He has no idea why he's doing it. It's because he has a spirit of rebellion. We all do. And that's why God, in the commandment, after the fall, says, Honor your father and your mother. There's a proverb that says this. It says, Do not spare the rod on your child, that you may preserve his life and keep him from death. Yeah, now we're about to get very personal here. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, in parentheses, which is the first commandment with a promise. Do you remember that promise? So that you may live long in the land so that life may go well, and you might live long in the land. In other words, this is how God made it. He made us to function best when we are living under authority, honoring that authority over us as if it's from God himself. 
Now, there was a period in Israel's history, there were a lot of periods in Israel's history, but one in particular in, in recorded in the book of Judges. And I want to describe it to you by using this verse. Judges 21, 24 through 25. The sons of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. There's the context. And each one of them went out from there to his inheritance. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Now, listen to this. And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Do you see what happens when the family structure goes to pot? Everyone went to his own tribe, his own family, and dot, dot, dot. There was no king, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The problem of the day was not that they didn't have a king, but that the parents were not teaching the children what honor is. And when children grow up and don't understand what it is to live under in honor to something and someone above them, especially God, there's absolute chaos. And dear friends, that is where our culture is right now. You teachers have a tough time, and many teachers are quitting almost on a daily basis. Why? Because they can't teach children that will not give them honor. The kids are out of control. Because society is out of control. Because parents are out of control. Dear friends, one of the most important things that can be done is for you as a parent to teach your children the importance of honoring you. One of the most important things for you to do is to teach your children to obey you when you speak, when you speak. And do you see the implication? If a child doesn't learn that early on, they're going to have a tough time obeying God later on. Because they have no category for it. We are personal. We are human beings. We're not just robots. So we must be taught this whole reality of honoring and obeying and submission and reverence for authority because we have a spirit of rebellion that needs to be tamed at all costs. Today, the child is the center of the home. And I think that you as parents have a tough time because there's so many books now, there's so much information, there's so many blogs, there's so many experts out there. Well, let's just remove all of that today and let me tell you this. If all you do as a parent is teach your children how to honor you, you will save their lives. And you will set them up to know God. Let me show you how this is true in my life. Rachel and I, and I'm not going to share her story, but when her father died, they were estranged, and it wasn't her fault. He basically disowned her. Uh, Rachel's my wife, for those that are visiting and don't know that. Um, I've told you about my father. Um, Rachel and I were married. Rachel and I were pregnant and then married at 18 years of age. I've told you this many times. So how does, how does this young couple, 18 years old, pregnant with a baby, how have they lasted 31 years? Well, it's really all because of how amazing of a husband I am. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My parents didn't do a lot right. 
But they did one thing right. They taught me what honor is. They taught me early on, and they beat it into me (laughs) that when they said something, it went. They taught me what authority was. They taught me what it was to do things when I didn't feel like doing things. And as I look back, and this dawned on me this week, it was another way that I can honor my father and mother. It was was almost freedom to me in so many ways. I can honor them because can I tell you what what has, other than God's goodness and his mercy, which is the ultimate reality of why we've been married and are not just still married, but we're in love and even more in love with each other than we were at 18, it is because of God's goodness, but hear me. It's also because my parents put this into me. You don't quit what you start. You stay true to your word. And even when you don't feel like it, you obey. Now, yesterday was Valentine's, and that doesn't sound very sexy. But neither does an affair. You see, love is not just a feeling. It's not just, you know, okay, if I'm not feeling it, then I'm not going to give it. The most romantic thing in the world is to say, I'm not feeling it, but I am going to give it. I'm going to lay my life down for you. I'm going to work today for you. (laughs) I'm going to go buy you a card, and I'm going to buy you chocolate-covered strawberries, and I don't even feel this ooey-gooey love for you right now, but I'm going to trust because I know it's the right thing and because I know that you're my wife and I want to honor you. I'm hoping that my heart comes along with it. Do you see it? If you think that there haven't been there hasn't been any attraction to other men or women in our marriage, you're crazy. It's not this feeling of oh, I'm so fascinated by you every second of every day. On some days and during some seasons, it's I know it's right. And what we have to do in our society is not only teach our children, but we've got to model to our children that that's the way that we must live in a fallen world. One day, someday in heaven, it's not going to be like that. We won't need the law in heaven. We won't need discipline in heaven. We won't need to do things that we aren't feeling because we will love God supremely and fully. But right now we don't. And we need God's law in our life. And our children need God's law in their lives. They need to learn what honor is. Even if it, They need to know that if they break your word, that there are serious consequences coming. You say, Richard, that's cruel. This whole, You want to know what's cruel? It's letting a child get his way and finding out when he's 18 or 19 or 20, when he breaks the law, that he's got to go to prison. You know what's cruel? It's not teaching a child faithfulness early in his life and then three months into marriage or two years into marriage, he's found something that excites him more. That's cruel. So we must teach our children. That's why this children's ministry at Streets, it's why what's going on in Flipside over there is not some little thing that we do to kind of get to the important. That is ministry, people. There is nothing more important than what's going on over there, what's going on in our nursery. And there's nothing more important than what's going on in your home. It will save the lives of children. I have so many examples. I was thinking about that this week. There's so many people today that don't know how to work. 
I've told you before, I'm not the brightest tool in the shed, but my, my parents told, taught me how to work. I made an 18 on my ACT. I'm literally not the brightest tool in the shed. <laughs> but my parents taught me how to work and how to finish when you start and that I'm not the center of the world. They taught me these things. If you know how to honor especially God, life will really go well. It will. I think the biggest issue plaguing our society today is a lack of honor. You see it in customer service. You see it on the road out here. You see it everywhere. You see it in marriages. You see it in people redefining what marriage is, redefining what the, the, the context of sex, redefining everything. I don't have to listen to my teacher, and parents are agreeing with their children. Are we crazy? We're killing our children. We're killing our society. If I had a problem with my teacher, I'd get spanked at, at school and I'd get spanked at home. And maybe that's not perfect. I don't know what... That may horrify some of you, but you know what? It taught me respect. It taught me that I better not go home talking about how unfair my teacher is, but I better learn how to live under authority sometimes that is either unfair or I don't understand why they're telling me to do what they're telling me to do. And God says that's the structure within which we are to be raised. Because you know why? Most of our lives as Christians, because we have rebellious hearts, we're not going to understand and we're not going to feel like doing what God's called us to do. So, dear friends, here's the reality. The purpose of honoring our father and mother is that we might be led to a greater honor. And that is to God himself. And so instead of being bitter toward your parents, or instead of worshiping your parents, because if you're worshiping your parents, you said, oh, I love my parents. A lot of you take mistake love for parents for idolatry. If you're still obeying your parents as a 20, 30, 40, 50-year-old, something's wrong. If you're living for their every whim, that's not honoring them, that's worshiping them. Because Paul says, children obey your parents, and that the, the Greek word there for children is little children. Little children obey your parents, for this is right. As adults, the very job of a parent is to raise their child and let them go, because by then they've learned what it is to live under the authority of God and others. And so some of you need to, the way you can honor your parents is to say, I must do what God has called me to do, and do it respectively. I've told you before, when my, I told my dad that I was going to seminary, his response was, in a very sarcastic way, well, I guess you'll have plenty of time to fish. And you know how I honored him? Not by coming back and yelling at him, and I just obeyed God rather than man. And over the years, he, he's learned to respect and even show some honor toward me. Because he looks back, he brought it up about a year ago, brought that conversation up. I thought he had forgotten it, but he brought it up about a year ago. And I've never confronted him on it, but there's honor and respect now because I obeyed God and not man. The only way to do that, dear friends, is for God to really possess your heart. 
The first step toward honoring your parents is to give your heart to God. To say, I need a father. I've been created for a father, and I need you, Heavenly Father. I need to go home at night and be in your arms. I need to hear your voice and obey it supremely. I need to live under your authority. I'm tired of trying to figure out what's right and wrong in and, and life. I just need to live in obedience to you and a love relationship with you. So, dear friends, I don't know how this applies to you. But you're called to honor your father and mother, whether you're 50 or 60 or 8 or 15 or 25. So may we take the principles, take this teaching today, and may we apply it to our lives as parents and as children. And may God bless us as we move forward and live well in the land that he's taken us to. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have forgiven our sin as parents and as children. And thank you that that you give us parents, and even when we don't have parents or have godly parents, you use the wounds of the past to redeem them for our good, to show us what kind of father or mother we should be. Uh, so God, I pray this morning that we would have just this huge vision of you as a father whose arms are open, and that we would run as children, because all of us are children, that we would just run and jump in your arms and we would receive your forgiveness through Christ and we would relish your love and know that we are yours. And that, Father, you might bless parents in here to know how to teach their children honor and that we might be a people that lay our lives down for the children of this community to teach them honor. God, bless the teachers in this room. Um, Father, would you give them encouragement Bless the homes that are represented in their classrooms. God help us. We live in a time of the judges when everyone does what is right in his own eyes. May we be a community that is different. (laughs) May we do what's right in your eyes, whether we feel like it or not. Knowing one day, someday, we're going to feel it completely because we will be with you and all this will pass away. And we just lift this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.